Stress, anxiety, and depression are skyrocketing among children and teens. And Cook Children's Healthcare System is on a mission to bring these topics into the light. I'm Winnie King. And I'm Dr. Kristen Perch. If you have kiddos in the room, now is the time to put on those headphones. Some of the topics we'll be discussing will not be suited for young ears. This is Raising Joy. Hello, and welcome back to Raising Joy. My name is Dr. Kristen Perch, and I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist at Cook Children's Hospital in Fort Worth, Texas. And I'm joined by my effervescent co-host, Miss Winnie King. Winnie King, and I am the... Senior Vice President, Chief of Communications, Inclusion, Diversity, and Equity. Try to get that on a card. I was about to say, can we get you an acronym? I know. But it has to be good. I and know. it has to be, it has to be, okay, I'm going to work we're, on this. Okay, please. I, I yeah. am. Well, I know so much of what we talk about is mental health. It is. And I know for me, things that bring me joy yes. is, you know, like fuzzy, adorable little <laughs> things that like lick your face oh, yes. and hop in the bed with yes. you. So yes. Winnie, who is the newest member of your family? Okay, my the newest member of my family is a four-month-old Morky. Um, okay, wait, wait, wait. What's a Morky? A Morky is a mix between Maltese and Yorkie, Yorkshire Terrier. Um, just fur cute, <laughs> fur cute. He's only three pounds, oh. three pounds, two ounces when we went to the vet. Just adorable, adorable. Uh, he's so good. He's such a good boy. And um, of course, my last name is King, right? Yes, All right. yes, yes. Okay. So I wanted to name him something that people would remember. Okay. And his name is BB. I love it, Mr. BB King. BB King. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He's famous already. He is. <laughs> He's such a good boy. And I love him so much. I know. They bring us so much joy. Yeah. They, you know, and I was so like terrified because he's a puppy and I've never had a puppy. That's I've it's never a thing. had a puppy. So we're working on little potty behaviors and we're working on l- little things. Okay. And I've never, and I've had him for a little while and I've never put him on a leash yet. Okay. So I'm going to put him on a leash here pretty soon. Okay. Yeah. Maybe when the weather cooperates. Yeah. And yeah. you guys can have an enjoyable walk as yes. opposed to. Yeah. Something the scary. The sweltering heat. We're, yeah. Well, we're he's of. trying to figure out what to do in that backyard because he doesn't know what he's supposed <laughs> well, to do. Because he's so little. Yeah, baby. But you have to stay in this backyard for a minute now. We got to do it in the backyard. Does he hop over the grass? Like, is he so small? Yes, he oh is. Gosh. And I, I literally <laughs> had to call my, you know, oh the guy God. that cuts the grass. I said, you got to come back here and <sighs> cut it down a little more because he's just, he's tiny. He's really tiny, but he's so okay. cute. Well, he has to come to the next podcast. He will. Please. I will bring him. He doesn't bark either. Okay. I've never heard him bark. Wow. Yep. That's amazing. But that's for my joy. Yay. And my peace of mind. I love it. Yeah. It's that is amazing. So today is a good day. Today is a good day. One thing that comes up a lot during this podcast or around the podcast is the stigma of mental mm-hmm. health. Um, but we've, we're, we're going to do away with that today because we're going to talk about it and we're going to take a deep dive on this topic and we're going to do it right now. I love it. And I'm so excited to have uh, my colleague and friend, Dr. Rachel Talbot, with us today. Um, she is a child and adolescent psychiatrist at Cook Children's Hospital. Yay. Welcome to Raising Joy. Yay. 
I am an avid listener of this podcast <laughs> and I have been so excited to be able to be part of this. So thank tell you guys friends. so much yeah, for tell having your friends. this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I know that you did research on the stigma around mental illness and I know you did a poster presentation about it and um, your paper was published and all that kind of stuff. So can you tell us a little bit about your research? Yeah, so I did a research project on how I could combat uh, the stigma of mental illness, specifically child and adolescent mental illness, um, with our consultation liaison service. So kids that are hospitalized for a medical reason oftentimes have to be seen by a um, psychiatrist because their mental health condition is affecting their uh, medical condition. And one of the things that I noticed during my rotation was that there were a lot of parents who were very hesitant to have the psychiatrist come and see them a lot of times because of some of these common stigma concerns, um, which I'll go into in a little bit. But um, I was really interested in finding a way to try to help these families better accept psychiatric care. And one of the ways that I um, realized that was a really good idea to do this, that we could access a whole group of people was through use of a video. So I made a video detailing the specific stigma concerns um, that many parents have about psychiatric care. And the goal was to be able to show this video to parents before receiving uh, a psychiatric consultation while in the hospital. And so what we ended up doing was we sent this video out to a lot of the families within the hospital system who were likely to have their child receive mental health care. And they did a pre-survey about the common stigma concerns. They watched the video and then they uh, did a post-survey about the common stigma concerns. And what we ended up finding was that by watching this video, they were more informed. They had some of their common questions answered and they were more likely to accept psychiatric care after watching the video. So it's something I think, you know, could be used very widely. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think also whenever I, I, for any kind of anxiety, right? Like if you don't know what it is, then it becomes bigger, like and more scary. And so I think one of the best things that we do is we walk in and have a conversation and are normal people with children. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And we're not strange and we're not like laying on a couch and asking people about what happened in their childhood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I, so I think just being a normal person right, and like walking right. in the room is like one of the best things that we can do. Yeah. I totally agree that, you know, people have so many fears and misconceptions about what psychi psychiatry is actually about that when they finally do come, it's like, oh, that's not so bad. Why, why did I hold off on this for so long? <laughs> So if we could get kids in just a little bit sooner, yeah. you know, yes. by dispelling some of these myths that I think we could help a lot of people. For sure. So how, like, what were the kind of stigmas that you, that y'all were, that, what were the stigmas that you were combating? Like, what were the ideas that some parents have about psychiatry? So it was uh, pretty much divided into two categories. We had stigmas about medications and we had stigmas about just general mental health care. Um, and the information I got came from the national stigma study in children. There was actually a study done about stigma. Hmm. So I used those common stigmas, uh, that parents, uh, rated and those, um, for general psychiatric care, those stigmas included, um, getting mental health care treatment would make a child feel like an outsider at school. That was one of the big ones. Um, a child would suffer as an adult if, Others learned that he or she received mental health treatment when younger. Um, and then regardless of laws protect, regardless of laws protecting confidentiality, 
most people in the community still know which children have mental health treatment. So stigma around the confidentiality that goes on with um, mm-hmm. psychiatry. Mm-hmm. And then the other general one for uh, just general psychiatry was that getting mental health treatment for a child would make a parent feel like a failure. So those mm. were the common ones with the um, just general psychiatry. Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder, uh, you know, we talk about stigma and, you know, pre pandemic. True. Bad. Wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, stigma was really tough. But after the pan- well, well, we're still in it. But, you know, when the real big part of the pandemic was going on, people started coming out, talking about everything and saying the heck with this. We're just so is is the is it changing or do you recognize it changing or are people more accepting or less? What What is that? So I feel like people are more accepting and I know we diss social media quite a bit, Yeah, but actually social media, I think has helped combat some of the stigma uh, against uh, huh. mental health care because a lot of these TikTokers out there, and I say TikTok is probably yeah. where most of it happens. I love it. I'm uh, obsessed. Go on. So I'm sure <laughs> you've seen, <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure you've seen people talk about their mental health care conditions. They're, they talk about their depression journey. They talk mm-hmm. about their eating disorder mm-hmm. journey. They're uh, journey with ADHD, every single topic of mental health care, someone is addressing mm-hmm. in their um, TikToks. Yeah. And so these kids and parents are watching this and it's like, oh, they're just like me. Mm-hmm. They have these issues. I have these issues. It's not so bad. It's not, I'm not the only one going mm-hmm. through this. So I think social media has helped in that sense with helping us combat a little bit about the stigma. Just some of the opposite too, where we have a lot of misinformation <laughs> right, about yeah. psychiatric yeah, you gotta care. Be, yeah, you got to be careful. So yeah, so it's it's thin line. It goes, thin line there. Exactly. So it goes both ways, but you know, I do think I see a lot more kids wanting to have their mm-hmm. their mental health care looked at or yeah. their mental health looked at because of things that they've seen on TikTok. And every celebrity. I mean, there's so right. many celebrities that are right. saying, "I'm stepping back from this, and I'm not going to do these interviews anymore because I'm anxiety." And, and you know, I, I I don't know who it was. It was some celebrity that I'm supposed to know. And I saw it I, earlier this week, and he said, "I'm not promoting my my videos, my uh my movies anymore because it it messes with me." Well, in the summer with Simone Biles, just yes. taking a step back, saying, yes. I, for my mental health care, I need to take a step back. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. And just being open and honest about it yes. and on a national spotlight. Right. Yes. I mean, she was the like at the pinnacle yeah. of her career and everyone knew her. And then, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I agree with you for her to be able to say, this is what I need to do for myself. Such yeah. a healthy example, I think, that she set for so many like athletes, mm-hmm, teenagers, mm-hmm, young kids, mm-hmm. anyone who wants to do something at a high level or just be successful. Like to yeah. be able to say, nope, like there's more to life than just, you Doing know, this. winning a gold medal, which mm-hmm. would be pretty amazing. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> good to know. So what do you tell parents when they express uh, a concern about, um, about, you know, having mental health and their ch- children being looked at? For mental health, what do you? How do you talk to them about it? So I tell parents that it's tough. It is very tough to be a teenager. It is mm-hmm. very tough to be a kid these days. Mm. There are so many pressures out there. They have the academic pressures. Mm-hmm. I, I'm astounded about what some of my middle school and high schoolers they tell me that they're doing of taking all of these college prep classes, these college classes as a freshman sophomore, so they can get their associate's degree before they graduate. Needing why? to take all, uh, yes, uh-huh. oh, why? Why? Uh, and needing to take all AP classes and then some to get into a good college. 
just all this pressure these kids Mm -hmm. have. And I'm like, how are you doing this? So I tell parents, look, you have kids that are, um, academically, there's a lot of pressure. Socially, there's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. We've had so much struggle during this pandemic. So the COVID-19 has just boosted, as you guys all know, that's why we're doing this podcast, boosted (laughs) the need for mental health care for kids. Um, and just, there's just so much being thrown at our kids that it's tough for them to, to manage and deal with everything. And that's where we step in to say, okay, what can we do to help your child? Um, so I really try to just talk with parents about how, you know, how their kids might be feeling and, you know, what we can do together to help their kid be the best kid that they can be. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll see even a kid, parents hide it a little differently, but they shut down. And I, and I, I can, I'm like, okay, so this kid shut down. So they're feeling bad about themselves. And I, I just tell them like, Hey, we talk about a lot of really hard stuff, but I want you to know the only reason why I'm even asking any of these questions is to figure out how to help. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. Like, I don't care. There's no judgment. You're not a bad kid. Yeah. I know you're not a bad kid, yeah. but like, what can we help at school? What can we help with your friends? What can we help with like getting you a good night's sleep? Like all of these things, like to advocate for the kid, and that's the whole point. It's not, it is to help 100%. It is not judgment. I mean, I think to be a psychiatrist, you have to be pretty open-minded and to be a pretty flexible thinker because there's lots of ways to raise a kid to be successful and happy. And so, you know, we know that there's not one right and perfect way. And so, you know, please don't, any parents listening to this, please do not feel like you're being judged by your psychiatrist when you come in. Like, we feel like you're doing everything you can to help your kid. Absolutely. It is not a failure. Like you are advocating for your kid. How is, how could that be a failure? Mm-hmm. Parents even give me ideas sometimes about how I can help other patients by <laughs> things that they're doing. So <laughs> yes, I, yes. I, I, I take your tips. Like, yes. This works yes. for your kid. Oh, I know a kid that's going to work great for you. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. Whenever I have a kid that's doing well, I'll ask, Hey, so um, you're doing really great. How'd you do that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I need to know. I need to know. And they're, they're looking at me and like, well, I just did it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I want to be able to tell their kids what you did, you know, not you using your name specifically, but like, I can use this for advice. And then sometimes they can say, oh, this is what really helped. Like I, you know, did these things and I don't know. So yes, they, our patients also like inspire and help us. Absolutely. Every day. Mm-hmm. The, the parents, um, you know, all these pressures are the parents part of the pressure. I'm asking. Yeah, they can be. Okay. They can be, okay. you know. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> parents, and it's, it's not the parents' fault. I want to, that's one of the common stigma concerns is like parents blame themselves. They feel like a failure for having to bring a kid in uh, or yeah, they blame themselves. So there may be a little genetic component to, because some of our uh, disorders, depression, anxiety, they do run in families. Oh. So there is a genetic component to some of the, like I said, to some of the conditions, mm-hmm. actually to all the conditions. I was about to say, I think all, all, the, all the conditions, there's a genetic, genetic. component. Okay. So I know. I'm looking at my are, kids and I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you have ADHD, your kid might have ADHD yeah. too. That's yeah. just, that's how genetics work. See, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So there is that big conge- gen- genetic component to it. But outside of that, um, you know, like Kristen said, you're doing the best you can. You're doing the best you can with the resources and the knowledge that you can, that mm-hmm. you have. Mm-hmm. So yes, sometimes parents can influence some of the conditions, but that's why we're here to tell you or help you figure out what's going on to help you change the way you're parenting this kid. Because not every kid needs to be parented the same. Not every sibling needs to be parented wow. the same. Yes. Wow. So what works for one kid isn't going to, may not work for another kid. Yep. And you may not know that. Yep. You just need the help to figure out how to parent that kid. Yeah. And again, that's where we step in and, and say, okay, I notice this. 
through my studies, through the research, this is a better way. Try these tips and techniques for your child. Mm, yes, because an approach to a kid with like severe ADHD who's like running all over, bouncing <laughs> off the walls, like, literally climbing the walls, <laughs> yeah. is very different than how you approach a kid with anxiety. And two could exist in the same household; they could be twins. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, and yeah. so and and they just need a different approach. Like you're going to have to really reassure an anxious kid. Okay, like they're going to need a lot of like you know this is what we're going to do. This is who's going to be there. Um, like you're going to have to give them notice on change. Whereas the kid with ADHD, if you told them that they're going to forget it, like you are literally wasting your breath. Wow. So you just need like one word, you okay. know, like, and, and it has to be stated in the positive. So if they're running, you don't say don't run because then they'll run and they'll just take off. Walk. So walk. Exactly. Walk. You got to tell them what they got to do. Walk. Walk. Okay. But gotcha. if you tell an anxious kid, they're like, what did I do? You know, I'm like, so sorry, what did I do? Yeah, Please exactly. don't do that. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, when you're talking about anxiety and, and depression and all of that, sometimes you have to get into medication. Yes. You have to start talking about medication. That's a whole different kind of stigma. Would it be? Am I, am yes. I lying? Yes. Okay. Okay. Right. I'm not lying. Okay. So I'm right. <laughs> so what do you start? How, how do you start that conversation about, you know, honestly, I think if they had X, it might help with why? Yeah. So just some of the common stigma concerns that parents and children have about medications um, include that a lot of parents are afraid of over-medicating their child. That is mm-hmm. one of the biggest ones I hear. I don't, and like over-medicating, making my child into a zombie. Okay. Mm-hmm. The zombie um, word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fears that they will um, need this medication for the rest of their mm-hmm. life, that they'll never be able to get off of this okay. or it'll have long-term effects on their development. And then um, other the other stigma is that people just give medications just because they don't want the kids to work it out. That medications will prevent the kid from actually working out the actual problem that's going on. Um, and so when parents come in and they express concerns about medications, um, I typically listen first of what what is your concern about this medication? Why are you hesitant to start this? A lot of times it's I just don't want my kid on a medicine. The the I um, I'm afraid that it's going to, I don't want to over-medicate my child. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to be a zombie. And mm-hmm. I go, I don't want that either. Mm-hmm. I don't want your kid to be a zombie. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like this medicine is too much for them and they lose their personality, you don't help like how they are in it. Tell me, yeah. I'm going to take them off that medicine. That's not the right medicine for them. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is a partnership that we have that you and I are going to figure out what is best for your child for the medication, because, you know, you've tried a lot of the things that, um, non-medication to try to help your child. So you've tried, a lot of times they've tried therapy, you've tried uh, academic accommodations at school, you've tried um, different parenting styles, and it's still not working. And so a lot of times parents and kids come into the office when they are failing at school, they're not able to go to school because they're so anxious, they're so depressed that they can't get out of their room or they're having suicidal thoughts. So they're past that point of being able to work on it without a medication. And I often just address that front up that like, look, your child's really struggling right now. They're really suffering. I have something that I think could really, really benefit them and really, really help them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to try them on this medication. Here are the reasons I like this medication. Um, I oftentimes will also tell the dosing range of some of the medicine. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start your child on the lowest dose of the medicine possible because I don't want them over-medicated. They may need a little bit more, but let's see how they do on this low dose first. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like I said before, if you don't like how your child is on this medicine, let me know and I'll I'll take them off and we'll try something different. We have a a 
a lot of different types that we can try for your child. Um, and that oftentimes really reassures parents, okay, I have some control over this, that mm -hmm. I am able to tell the doctor and my doctor is going to listen to me when I say, I don't like the way my kid is on this medicine. Um, and I think we use the same script. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are the same things that I say in my office mm -hmm. and the same, this exact same concerns I hear like almost every exactly, time. Exactly. And so, um, when, so then the parents finally agree to a medicine, um, we go through the side effects of the medicine. We then, um, I also go through it with the child because I'm a big believer that the child, this is the child's medicine. They are, they are taking this medicine. They need to know what's going on in their own body. And I look at even to my five, six year olds, I go, your job in, in, in this situation with this medication is to let us know how you feel. Do you feel like this medicine is awesome for you? Do you feel like it, it really helps you? Does it cause you to have tummy aches? Do you not like it? Let me know and we can fix it if, if, if you're not feeling great on it. So I often, I really like to include the child in uh, mm -hmm. with a medication decision because it's their body. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are dealing with this. So right. they need to know. Right. You know, this almost sounds like, um, you know, I, I struggled with uh, high blood pressure and the, the conversation between my doctor and I about uh, having to take the medication and then let's see how it works. Mm -hmm. And right. then if it doesn't work, we need to try something else. And right. we did. We went up mm -hmm. and down and all around for a little bit and then finally found um, the, the combination of, of medication that really helped. Exactly. With, so, I mean, to me, it's like the same, almost the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's really hard for parents because, and I understand this, you know, they'll say, okay, supposedly, you know, this, like, there's this genetic testing that they can do that's supposed, it's marketed on occasion that it will tell you which medication works for your body. Well, that is actually not true. It doesn't tell you how it works. It tells you how it's broken down in your body. And so it doesn't really give information, but parents really would love for some sort of test to say this medicine will work and this one won't, or this one will have more side effects. And I wish you that we had that. a test that I could give to a kid and say, this is exactly what you need. And maybe medicine is going that way. Mm -hmm. Like I maybe so. in a decade, like it would be wonderful. And so I think a lot of parents are hesitant because they, you know, and I'll tell them like, okay, we're going to try this, like Dr. Talbot said, and we're going to, you know, make some adjustments if we need to. Hopefully like we get it right out of the gate. Right. But, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I think some parents and kids get really frustrated because we do have to try Go a few back. different medicines, mm -hmm. change the time, mm -hmm. change, you know, um, monitor for side effects. But I, I agree with you that once you, once you get a kid, if, if it is a medication issue, once you get them on the right medication and once you make the right changes in as far as like therapy and the school environment, kids can be really successful. Wow. Right. It can really be life changing. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. interesting you brought up the, the blood pressure example, because I often use that for kids and parents uh, when they are, have concerns about, well, why do I need a medicine? I don't want to take a medicine. I don't want anything to be wrong with me. Mm -hmm. So I, often, I don't either. But... Yeah. I often bring up that. Look, if you had high blood pressure or mm -hmm. you had diabetes, mm -hmm. you would take a medicine to try to help control that. Right. There's no difference with depression or anxiety. Depression and anxiety is a medical condition. Mm -hmm. So you need medicine to try to help you. And oftentimes that kind of clicks with parents, clicks with kids. Of, oh, yeah, I guess it's it's not just in my head. It's actually right. something mm -hmm. physical going on. Yeah. And so that a lot of times using those kind of examples can be really helpful for parents to kind of accept medicine. And I think there is so much stigma about mental illness because I, I think a lot of times for a long time, it was thought by a lot of people that, oh, this is something that you can fix yourself. You know, Correct, like this right. is something you can like pull yourself out of or like these yeah. are the life choices that you're making. Yeah. You know, like you're depressed because you're not getting out of bed. It's like, well, actually, maybe you were 
maybe your genetics were handed down to you. And then, you know, like you were hit with an episode of depression or maybe you had some hormonal changes or, you know, like things like that. And then, you know, so I think I think a lot of the stigma is, um, you know, for a long time, people thought this was something that they caused or something that they did. And it's like, actually, no, like there's there's a biological basis for this stuff, because I guarantee you no person would choose to be depressed. No, it's not a choice. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's or not... anxious even. I oh, mean, yeah. Kid, it's debilitating. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I feel like no parent would. I, I feel like my, my friends with ADHD would. They, I don't know that they necessarily think about mm. <laughs> they would have mm. ADHD because they just live with it. So they mm-hmm. don't know. But I feel like no parent would be like, I want my kid to have ADHD. Correct. Yeah. No, they right. don't. Yeah, I, I have. I have it. <laughs> I and had it. It's I had not it. all bad. It's not. But you've learned, you know, I've learned how to, and I didn't know. I mean, because I'm old and, you know, back in those days, we didn't know. We didn't know to diagnose kids with ADHD or anything like that. Right. But, but yeah. I, and I always wondered, why can't I focus? <laughs> why, why can't why I focus? Why does fo- my house look like this? Yeah. Oh, why- wait, that's a daily thought. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I focus? And, you know, and it wasn't until I became a parent that I recognized. You're like, wait a minute. Uh It's so funny how Uh often this happens. Uh All the time. After after we'll get done with a new patient assessment, the parents like, so why were you asking those questions about, you know, like what your brain thinks about when other people are talking or like, why do you like so I count all of the ceiling tiles when I walk in. That's not normal <laughs> because you don't know, right? Yeah. Like you don't know that your experience yeah. is different. Yeah, and is. so a lot of times parents, I think, do end up getting their own mental health treatment because they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I get that all the time. They saw a little bit of themselves in their kids yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they yeah. see how well the medicine works for their kid and yeah, they're like, like what can- oh, maybe that'll help with this. <laughs> it's so true. I do try to tell kids because I, I do know... For some kids, I do think, um, you know, like saying I have ADHD, I think most kids don't really care about that as much Mm because a lot of kids do have it. Mm -hmm. And then but I do think for some kids it is a label. And so I try to talk about the good aspects of some of these things like like kids with ADHD. They work really well in a group and they're very creative and um, they're really yeah. great problem solvers. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. like everybody else's brain moves in a straight line and, and they bouncing. exactly they take all the rabbit trails. And so they come up with really great ideas. I'm on the rabbit trail. Exactly. <laughs> but see, but that's time. why yeah. you're really great at your job. Right. Because you I'm have crea- the- you have creative solutions. Yes, yeah, I do. And you think outside the box. I do. And then my there anxious- is no box. <laughs> what yeah. box? Yeah. And but and then our anxious friends, they are like they're going to be very usually they're pretty successful people. And I would say the majority of my friends um, who are physicians are anxious. Yes. Compared <laughs> to the general population. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, because like an anxious person, they're going to prepare. Right. So they're right. thinking about, you know, what happens like whenever they start high school, they're like, OK, this is where I want to go to college. This is what I want to do. This is like they're 10 steps ahead of everybody else. Yeah, and so they're yeah, more prepared. Yeah. And so they're and so that's why I talk to kids. I'm like, OK, look, we're going to take a little bit of this medicine and we're going to do therapy. And the goal is to help your anxiety or to help your ADHD work for you. Right. Because it can. Right. It absolutely can be an asset. Wow. So, Who knew that? OK, we, I thought we were trying to get rid of it. Not no, necessarily. No, no, no. Just trying you to can't. make you the best person you can be. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah. You don't want to get rid of it. Mm-mm. Totally. The, the traits of it or mm-hmm. whatever. You want to learn to manage it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Manage. Yeah. You can't okay. get away. Yeah. No, no. The um, highly anxious kiddo is not going to go to like, oh, no, everything's great. You <laughs> know, like you know, we don't want that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like some anxiety is good. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Wow. 
<laughs> you learn something new exactly. every day, don't you? Gee, but it does just allow the the medication does just kind of allow you to to be able to manage it. Exactly. Otherwise, you would it would be so difficult to do. I like to tell my kids. I like to turn. I'm going to turn the dial down on your anxiety. It's still going to, it will still have some, but it's not going to be so loud. You're going to be able to manage it a little bit better. Wow. So I don't know that that may get outdated as we no longer have dial turns for volume. <laughs> That's a good point. So I have to figure out something else. You got to click, click the, the side button on your phone to turn down the volume. But I, 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 yeah. So, so far all the kids have gotten it, but okay. I don't know in 10 years from now, they we'll, won't. if they'll they have any idea. I, now I have to think about that. I can't yeah. that how do you help parents not feel like they're, I mean, how do you help them not feel like they're a failure? Because you do, you do, you, you know, I thought I was helping Johnny. I really thought, you know, trying to help them do whatever. How do you help the parents not feel like a failure? I tell them you did the best you could with the information that you had. No manual. No, there's, there's no manual. And you no know manual. what? You brought them in. You brought them in for help. So that is the good thing that you are helping them by bringing them to me, recognizing that they're struggling and getting them the help that they need. You're not a failure. You're a success for being able to recognize that your child is in need and bringing them in for help. And I think also just going in with like the honest belief, like I don't think parents are failure. Like I I don't believe that at all. Mm -mm. And, And I think if you, I think if I carried that bias, like, oh, this kid's, you know, doing this because the parent did, you know, if if I had that bias about my patients, then I think the parents would pick up on it. But I think if I come in and I'm like, no, like Dr. Talbot was saying, like they are being courageous and they did all of the legwork that it requires to get an appointment Mm -hmm. and all the phone Mm -hmm. calls and they are, you know, like they're advocating Mm -hmm. for their kid. Like Mm -hmm. how can that be a failure? Yeah. Like how, like you recognize there's a problem and you got help. Like that's what we want to model. That's what we want our kids to do. Yeah. Right. So it's like you're modeling great behavior for your kids. It's a new school year. Yep. <laughs> here, here we go. It's coming through the Ooh, roof. Doesn't whew. it go through the roof? Does it go through the anxiety, the depression? Oh, the, yeah. All the stuff. <laughs> After Labor Day. I don't know. I, I feel like all my patients I talked to this week were pretty anxious. Oh, no. I had, I had, some, good, I had some good days this, this week. This, day, really? this week was pretty but, good. Yeah, this week was pretty good for my kids. So Everybody's waking up early. They're, okay. Yeah. I've had like five kids tell me this like last two days. Like I, I can't sleep past like five o'clock in the morning. I was wow. like, oh, good. We're on the same schedule. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that just means you're excited to go to school, ready to go. Let's yeah. go. There you go. There you go. Wow. So how like so whenever if a parent is trying to help their kid be less anxious about getting into the school building or about the school year, like what kind of things do you like talk to them about in your office? Um. I usually try to figure out what's behind the anxiety. So are you anxious about the work? Are you anxious about the kids? Do you not like your teacher? Is the principal mean? Any of those kind of things. So just trying to figure out the reason for the anxiety. A lot of times the kids go, I don't know. And you're like, (laughs) all right, well, let's, let's dig a little deeper. And so then you ask a couple more questions like, how are things going with your friends? Oh, I don't have any friends. Oh, okay. okay. So Mm -hmm. are you struggling with making friends? And that's why you don't want to go to school maybe and then just kind of talking them through so really trying to figure out the why and the reasons behind why kids are having the anxiety sometimes i don't know and kids don't know they just feel anxious Mm -hmm. um and so in those cases i depending on the age of the kid um oftentimes i say just get through today just do it a day at a time Mm -hmm. get through if you have to just get through your first period okay you got through that okay now go to your second period you can get through that. Okay, now it's lunchtime. What are you going to do at lunchtime? Who are you going to sit with? Where are you going to sit? Are you going to pack? Are you going to buy lunch? Kind of planning out your mm-hmm. day and then just getting through it one class at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if it's, what are you looking forward to doing Mm -hmm. this weekend? Um, or do you have a big event or do you just want to relax and sleep in this weekend? So trying to find something that they're, they're going to connect with and look forward to as a motivation to get through school. Mm -hmm. I I think like talking to kids about like, okay, well, why, I mean, obviously our elementary friends, it will not help. But like, okay, well, why do you have to go to school? Because some kids are like, I don't want to go to school. I just want to play video games. I'm like, well, (laughs) me too. (laughs) Okay, well, why do you think you have to go to, you know, like, so connecting, like, what do you like about school? Like, what are your goals? Like, why do you think you have to do this? And all that kind of stuff, I think, can be really helpful. Yeah. I always ask kids, like, um, so how's school going? What's your favorite class? I don't like any. Well, tell me one thing that you can tolerate. (laughs) Um, and usually it's all right I lunch recess gym okay Okay, great what do you like about those classes so trying to really put a positive spin Mm -hmm. on school and then I'll talk about are there any classes you're struggling with why are you struggling with that can you not focus is it the end of the day and your medicine has worn off and you can't focus so just you know using I like to do positives a lot of positives Mm -hmm. in my um my sessions because kids these kids are pretty much pelted with negativity yeah. Um, yeah. a lot. So I really like to try to keep it positive. You know, yeah. we have to talk about some of the negative, yeah. but really going for the positive is helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great. Lots and lots of great training. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, Dr. Talbot, thank you so much for imparting your wisdom <laughs> and enjoying um, and uh, yeah, coming with us today. It is really funny how much I think we have the same phrases and stuff. Yeah. I didn't realize that, but like, I'm like, oh my God, we give the same speeches. Our yeah. patients probably think we're like clones or something, yeah. but it's really funny. Oh so, my well, gosh. Well, guys, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I, I was this really fun. happy to talk with you guys about this subject. And to our listeners, please make sure you subscribe to hear a bonus episode coming up out later this week. Um, We have a very special interview to share with you in honor of our Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, which is recognized in September. So until next time, just breathe. Open up. You matter. matter.